Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio, our heroes awoke sore, tired, and a little bit sticky from the previous night's altercation at the Sticky Pickle. After some parting words with their new bard friend, Dameron, the party began the next leg of their journey to Firehammer Hold. But, as if the gods themselves were trying to impede our heroes, a raging storm fell upon them. Suddenly besieged by torrential rains and gale force winds, reaching Ulivin was no longer an option, and shelter was nowhere in sight. Then, off in the distance, a glow of light caught the eye of our storm ravaged party. With the possibility of a port in the storm, they spurred their wet steeds towards it. They arrived at a lonely mansion in the middle of nowhere. But the need for shelter quashed their fear of suspicious places, and our party was soon mysteriously allowed into the house that seemed to have its very own essence. The party was not greeted with warm welcomes, as they were quickly attacked by two gargoyles. Even with a twinkled-up cleric at the helm, Agma's divinity prevailed, and the party quickly made a pile of rubble out of the stony sentinels. Water repellency cloaks got wet. Battlemasters got engaged. Jake got fancy. Imposing and demonic statues were imposing and demonic. Caution seemed to be thrown to the wind as the party moved onward to further explore the old abandoned mansion. Jake walked into rooms, knocking down chandeliers. Esmia stepped into secret walkways, and Elric just left the party and ventured off on his own. This is gonna be a long 25 and a half seconds. Where did this eerie mansion come from? What is Mordor? And why does it have special clouds? Can you really make spirit guardians look like sexy librarians? And will Jake ease up on the twinkling pipe weed next time? I doubt it. But who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. All right, Cliff, it's just the two of us now. Okay. So uh, while the rest of your party is trying to figure out the that secret door in the tea room, you decided to check out the adjacent room. Yep. So you take these couple steps up and head through an open archway and head into the dining room. And as soon as you enter the room, you immediately feel the temperature go up. Hmm. Yeah, it goes from being, uh, you know, chilly to like a normal, comfortable room temperature. Okay. And as you feel that temperature change, the room suddenly comes to life as ghostly apparitions appear seated around the once empty dining room table. Hmm. It seems like a, like a large dinner party is being held 
as a roasted hog suddenly materializes on the table along with plates of all manner of foods. The ghostly dinner guests hoist uh, tankards of foaming ale as they make toasts and drink and they're talking and laughing, except for one, a spectral human man who stands at the head of the table. He stands there silently with like a serious scowl cemented over his face as he overlooks his guests who definitely seem to be enjoying themselves at this feast. Huh, this is very interesting. So they're not taking any notice of me standing here. Yep, it's like you're not even there. Huh, I have no idea if I'm looking at a scene that's being replayed or if these are ghosts or what. Let me roll my arcana to see if I know anything about hauntings or if this is a haunted room or whatever. Okay. 16. Okay. Um, you feel pretty confident uh, that these are ghosts. Okay. And you also get the feeling uh, that what you're witnessing here has happened in the past. A scene from the past. Interesting. <laughs> I walk up to one of the people and I pass my hand through them. Okay. And uh, your hand just, you know, passes right through the ghostly dinner guest, right? And as you do that, everyone at the table stops what they're doing and they all turn and look right at you. <laughs> Then suddenly the man, standing at the head of the table, snaps his head towards you. And then he rushes right at you. His ghostly body floats right through the dining room table. And as he flies towards you, he screams, You should not be here. Leave this place. And then his uh, spectral form slams into you and dissipates. A chill that goes through your body, and you watch as the ghostly dinner party fades away, and the room is once again empty and cold. Interesting. You should not be here. Leave this place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I should probably tell the others what I just saw. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go back and tell the others. Okay. And as you begin to turn away from the empty dining room table, it suddenly catches on fire. Oh, wow. And not only the dining room table, but the entire room is suddenly engulfed in flames, including you and Ray Ray. Oh, man. Roll me a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have a wisdom of minus one. So here we go. 12. 12. Okay. So, Elric, you and Ray Ray have caught on fire. Ray Ray is squawking as his feathers start singeing. Uh, your clothes are on fire. Your skin is starting to burn. And now, we're going to bring the rest of the party back into the call. Okay. All right. Everybody back on? Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Cullen, you're in the waiting room operating the griffin statue's leg, right? Opening and closing the secret door in the next room, while Esmir and Jake have gone through the secret door and into a secret passage, where you guys have discovered another secret door and realized that only one secret door can be opened at a time, 
right? So when one opens, the other closes and vice versa. And so Cullen, you've uh, just let go of the griffin leg and the secret door is now closing. And Jake and Esmir, you're in this secret passage and you watch as the tea room door closes and the other secret door behind you begins to open. And just as the tea room door is inches from being completely closed, you all hear Elric and Ray Ray scream out from the dining room. Oh a scream of surprise and pain. Oh. oh what boy. do you guys do? What I'm thinking is, um, from my point of view, I just I just closed the door on him. I hear the scream and I'm thinking, should I run to go help my friend really quick? Or should I pull the lever and wait for the other two to get to come out? So I'm just gonna pull the lever and I'm going to, uh, as soon as I pull it down, I'm gonna say, hold on, Eric, we'll be there shortly. Ah, I'm on fire. The room's on fire, the house is on fire. What? Everything's on fire. You're on fire. <laughs> well, I, I gotta hold this lever. Okay, so. I'm sorry. What do we see? Okay, so you two hear Elric scream out just as the door closes. And then a second later, the door starts to open again. And you hear Elric uh, yell out, I'm on fire, the house is on fire. Oh boy. Come on, old man. Here we go. Come on, old man. Okay. Let's go save the dumb kids. Tutelages, what have you done now? <laughs> I run after him as soon as I see him cross the room. All right, so you guys uh, rush out of the secret passage and Cullen, you run in, uh, into the tea room and you guys see Elric and Ray Ray rushing out of the dining room. Well, let me rush out. Okay. I'm gonna run all the way to the middle of this room and I'm gonna stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you watch as Elric runs into the tea room with his arms flailing, screaming fire, and he drops to the ground and starts wildly rolling around on the dusty floor. And at the same time, uh, you see Ray Ray flapping above there, squawking, right? And then, poof, out of existence, right? Like oh, you've man. seen uh, many times before when the familiars are killed. That's not cool, man. But the three of you, uh, you guys don't see any flames anywhere. What? He doesn't look like he's on fire. He's under some kind of spell. We gotta snap him out of it. Elric! Elric, you got an illusion spell on ye. You're not on fire. All right, so Elric, you're rolling on the floor there. You just uh, watched Ray Ray disappear. Mm -hmm. And suddenly Cullen is yelling at you that you're not on fire. Go ahead and roll me another wisdom saving throw. Okay. Ah, uh, three. Cullen is crazy. You are definitely <laughs> on fire. Ah! <laughs> I'm actually afraid because if if his bird is taking damage or took damage, took damage, he's then, gone. Then it's almost like invisible flame, but it actually has um, the ability to inflict pain. So and damage. So I'm, um, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Esmeralda, put him to sleep. <clears throat> I'm gonna go jump on him and slap him in the face. Snap out of it! <laughs> <laughs> okay, Elric, uh, Esmir's suddenly on top of you, slapping you in the face. So roll another wisdom saving throw. All right, I'm gonna roll another save. 
16. Oh, nice. It can't be bad. 16 minus 1, so 15. <laughs> it's 15. <laughs> but that's good enough. It's exactly what you needed. Okay. Oh, thank God. So you're laying on the ground there. Esbier's on top of you, slapping you. Uh, Cullen's <laughs> yelling, you're not on fire. And Jake's yelling, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Uh, and you suddenly realize uh, that you're actually not on fire. Okay. I'm not on fire. But you did take damage. Your head okay. is you know, suddenly pounding uh, because you took four points of psychic damage. All right. The mind is a terrible thing. <laughs> it was an illusory spell. Okay. I realize this. I stand up and I'm like, oh, someone's going to pay for this. Yeah. He's enraged. Well, what did you do when you walked in the room? What triggered it? Well... I walked into that room. You guys were messing around with that secret door, and I was just standing here getting bored. So I walked into that room. So you wandered off. I wandered off. Jake, he mm. learned that from you. He learned that from you. Rule number one of adventuring, <laughs> never wander off. Anyway, I went into this room that we see here where the stairs go up, and there's a long table in there. And I saw what appeared to be a dinner party in progress. Uh, but all the people were kind of thin, translucent, ghostly images. Oh. Mm. So I walked up to him and looked at him for a while. And then I passed my hand through one of the images. That was a good idea. That's something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> and the man, there was a man standing at the head of the table with a stern expression on his face, watching the people enjoy themselves. And when I put my hand through one of the revelers, he just looked at me and said, you should not be here. Leave this place. And then, ah, I was on fire. <laughs> but now, the fire feels like a memory from the ghost, like it happened to him. And it passed through me. Now it feels like that. Mm. Interesting. So I would like to walk into that room and see, do I see, whoops, not that far. Um, do I see a bunch of these ghosts sitting around the table? You do not. You only see a lonely and dusty dining room table. And uh, you also see two sets of doors at the far end of the room. Were you smoking your pipe weed? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was not. <laughs> Can we try something? I would like somebody to hold that arm down again. I want to go into that room and I wanted somebody to shut that door and then look into that room and see if you can see those ghosts. Ah, Jake, I do it, but hark, look at the other end of the room. A set of doors. Should we not check that out first? I would like to figure out what the, is going on with this room that uh, Esmir and I were um, investigating. All right, no debate then. I will go back and hold the arm. Wait a minute. I Wait. think we should send AC in to investigate, and then we'd control the arm. And then you watch what happens through AC's eyes. That's a good idea. I, it's brilliant. Yeah. I'm shocked. That was a Jake idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your teacher. <laughs> I must have been good for something at some point. Okay, so you guys want to do that? Yes. Yeah, do the mind meld. Okay, so I'm going to... This place, I have to say, for the record... <laughs> This place is garbage. <laughs> uh, it's scary and creepy. <laughs> and you know, we're in one of those situations. We're in one of those situations where the ghosts say leave and we stay. So nothing good's going to happen. <laughs> I'm up for it. 
They might some... be joking. This is what good movies are made of. Yeah. I'm going to pull the lever down. Okay. Okay. So AC hops into the passageway and uh, he turns and he looks back at you, Esmir, and he's like, uh, really? All, all by myself? <laughs> it's okay, buddy. Why don't you just go take a look, okay? We'll be here waiting for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, you let go of the griffin leg and the door begins to close. And the door at the other end begins to open. And Esmir, are you going into your trance? Yeah. All right. Uh, so your eyes roll back into your head and you begin to see through AC's eyes. And uh, it's like one of those SWAT shows, right? With the night vision helmet cams. Yeah. <laughs> I look, Jake looks down at Esmir and, and just gets disgusted by the look on your face. I hate it when she does this. Your eyes all roll to the back of your head. <laughs> So creepy. <laughs> and so um, as the second door opens, AC peeks out and sees a, a large, dark, empty room with a floor just covered in dust. You can see that the western wall kind of bulges out where the spiral staircase would be. And at the far end of this room, you can see with, uh, with AC's dark vision, a regular door on the southern wall, and next to it, on the eastern wall, a set of double doors. Uh, but what you don't see are any levers or mechanisms that would open a secret door. Yeah. Hmm. We don't see ghosts at that table either. Correct. You don't see any ghosts at the dining table. Okay. There's got to be a way to make it so we can all go through there. Well. All right. So let's get AC back out first. Yeah, I open the, uh, well, you, I assume Esmeralda tells me that he's ready to come back and I open the, and I pull the lever. Okay, you pull the lever back down and the secret door slides back open and AC uh, quickly scurries out. Good job, AC. You're so brave. <laughs> You're one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> what did you see, Esmir? Okay, guys, uh, there's a room, and then there's, guess what? More doors. More doors. There's more <laughs> doors. There's nothing, and there's more doors. AC didn't see a lever. He didn't see nothing. And I have an idea. I think I should put my mage hand on that lever, and we can all just go in there. Oh, there you go. Nice. So uh, a spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose within range. The hand lasts for the duration or until you dismiss it as an action. So I can have it pull the lever down while I'm standing there, and right. then after we get into the doors, I can disengage it. Right. So let's try Mage Hand. Okay. Ready, go. Okay, hold on. So uh, the Mage Hand will work out here uh, because you have line of sight to the, uh, to the Griffin statue, but when you're on the other side of the door and you uh, wanna pull the lever down, uh, what are you gonna do then? But we don't know about no, that. We we're, we're just going to go no, forward. We'd have to go forward. We'd have to go through those. Right, right. And through hopefully doors. we'll come back here so we can investigate the ghost room. Or we'll be trapped in this other room and die slowly and we'll just of hunger die. and thirst. <laughs> okay. All right. And so. he just said okay to that. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to wait on, on this part of it and then investigate the rest of the 
the dinner room, the din- uh, dining room, or whatever. The dinner you want to call room, it, but the there's doors table. from the dinner. Yeah, there's also doors to the dinner room too. Yeah, on the I see a side. couple of doors there too. We could go up and down the stairs as well, and that's what I right. said earlier. By the way, if you remember, there's a set of doors on the other end of that room. We haven't investigated right. that either, but we decided to do the secret tr- door thing first. I thought, okay. unless let's we're go. reconsidering that. No, let's go. Mage so, hand. Mage hand it up and let's get going. Oh, okay. So, okay, guys. I got I got an idea. Hold on. No oh boy. Weezy, AC, huddle up. <laughs> All right. So, I can speak with AC telepathically. Yeah. Okay, and will he be within range when we're in that other room? Uh, yeah, easily. Your range is 100 feet. Okay. We know, okay, we know how we're going to get into the magic room, but we don't know how we're going to get out of the magic room. So this is the plan. AC, you're going to wait by the door, okay? And when we come back, I'm going to give you a signal. And when you get the signal telepathically, you're going to fly into the room with the griffin statue, and you're going to hoo-hoo. And Wheezy, when you hear the hoo-hoo, you're going to hit the lever and open the door for us. But would Wheezy understand Asilius? No, because I'm said when when Asilius comes in here, Wheezy knows to hit the lever. Oh, okay. Okay, sounds like a plan. It's a great plan. Everybody squeeze in. <laughs> Watch your foot. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to conjure my mage hand, and then I'm going to close my eyes and I'll be like, skillyboo, 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 and then the mage hand's going to show up. Pull the string. Pull the string. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Esmir casts Mage Hand and it uh, pulls down on the griffin leg and the door opens and you guys pile into the secret passage. And then Esmir, you uh, dismiss Mage Hand and the griffin leg resets. And as it does, the tea room door closes back up and the other secret door opens. Let me out of here. I'm going to walk into the room just ahead of Jake. I'm going to be cautious about it. Pressure plates. Something I just walk away. straight over to the double doors without pausing to look for pressure plates. And as you're going across... <laughs> right. Well, you've got to know that the person who set this up, you know, they didn't trap the room they were trying to keep secret. What would be the point? <laughs> okay, so you guys enter the room, and Cullen starts making his way across to the other end. What are the rest of you guys doing? Um, can I... I would like to investigate the walls in this room and look for any sort of secret uh, tile or whatever or something, just to investigate the room. Okay, roll perception. Perception. Oh boy, Mm. four. Nothing looks out of the ordinary. You just see a, a big empty room. Can I just say something just on a sidebar? I think I'm due a birthday inspiration point. Ah, I'm just saying. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah, happy belated birthday. <laughs> I almost forgot. That's funny. I just saying. Sure. You're going to have a, a birthday inspiration point. Yay. There you go. Happy birthday from the DM. Thank you. Uh, don't ask me again. <laughs> I will don't ask, ask you again. again. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, about this time. Okay, Jake, check, check these walls out, bro. Tell me if you see any any secret like thingies. Check the walls. I'll check the walls. A 14. Okay. You look around and you don't find anything strange or out of place or hidden in this room. 
right? In fact, uh, this room is completely empty, and you get the feeling uh, that this room was never actually used for anything other than being just a just a passage to another part of this mansion. Right. Okay. So, Cullen, you uh, make your way across to the southeastern corner of this room, and you're standing next to a set of double doors on the eastern wall and a regular door on the southern wall. I listen. I'm going to use my perception and see if I hear anything on the other side of either door. 14. The only thing you hear is uh, the muffled sound of thunder. The storm is still raging outside. I'm going to try and open one of these double doors with stealth. Six. Well, I didn't do it with stealth, but I did open it. Okay. You uh, push on the double doors and they're, uh, you know, a little uh, stuck from lack of use and they loudly creak open. And you peek in and you see a large dark room. Uh, What immediately catches your eye are three dusty stone mannequins along the southern wall. Oh boy. And you quickly surmise that these mannequins uh, were once used for some kind of um, target practice, right? Because behind them on the wall, you see big uh, black blast marks, right? Dirtying the wall. And across from you on the eastern wall, you see another set of double doors um, that also seem to be blackened from fire. Mm. Interesting. Hey, everybody. I think I found some sort of, I don't know, range, if you will, for shooting off fireballs. Or a booby trap. Let's check out the regular door. It's probably a closet, but let's check it out anyway. Go for it, Elric. I'll cover your back. Okay. So you open the door and you look in, and your drift globe illuminates what looks like a small bedroom. An old rotted wooden bed lies in shambles at the southern end, and along the eastern wall sits an old rotting desk. Okay, I'm gonna walk into the room, and I'm gonna walk up to the desk. Let me put myself in there. That's a tiny room. Yeah, it is a tiny room, but I'm gonna... What should I roll to check out perception to see if there's anything worth anything in here? Yes, please. Okay, here we go. Perception. 19. Ooh, 21. 20. That's right. It's a plus 21 because it's a plus two. Yeah. All right. Well, you see two things that catch your eye. Okay. First is a scroll case etched with arcane runes. Ooh. And the second thing is a page from a journal. And with a 21 perception, I will tell you that the, uh, the paper looks ancient and fragile. It, uh, it reminds you of the, of the books and papers you found in Harpshield Castle uh, that crumbled to dust when Jake touched them. Uh, so try and read it without touching it. That's what I was just going to say. Is there any way, do I see it? Can, is it legible? Is there any way that I can read it? It is legible, yes. What language is it in? It's written in common. Oh, okay, cool. You gonna read it? I'm going to, first I'm gonna say, Jake, come here. Let's take a look at this. No! Yes. <laughs> I don't wanna touch it. No, yes. no, 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 don't touch it. <laughs> I won't touch it, I promise. What did you find? This. Ooh, look so at I, that. So I read it. Okay, you start reading it, and you immediately see that it's a journal for the month of Mertul, uh, which in our calendar would be May. And the first entry reads, Twelfth day of Mertul. Today the general meets with his new advisor. She comes highly recommended. 
Hopefully she can guide the general down the righteous path. The second entry reads, 14th day of Murtul. The new advisor, Gertrude, has only been in our service for two days, and already I see a change in the general. He hangs onto every word she spills. I only hope that it is the word of good. The next entry reads, 25th day of Mirtul. Something is wrong. The general dismisses the lords, and he has advised that he will not meet with them in council about the black dragon recently seen prowling the Black Hills. This new advisor holds all of his attention. She feeds him the poison of her words and turns him against his own people. I wish she never left her home of Albion. Albion? She must be stopped. Huh, interesting. Uh. That's coming home. Any more entries? Yes, there's one more, and it reads, 30th day of Mertul. Today is the day that I, Marple Brightshine, make a stand for the greater good. She will die by my hand, and my name will be forever muddied, but I see her for what she really is, a night witch. Ooh, and her name is Gertrude? Night yes, witch? Gertrude. Gertrude. That doesn't sound good. Well, check it out. Um, he's from Albion, or the, the witch was. was. Yeah. Maybe that's why I, I should leave this place. Maybe he was talking to me, specifically, or, or in color. But do you think the ghost was this marble bright shine? No. No, I think the captain, I think the captain might have been one of general? them. The general? Or the general might have been one of the captains, or one of the people at the table, along maybe with this marble bright shine. It's his journal. Yeah, but... He but... wrote about... He wrote about this night witch. He said he was going to try and kill the witch who is from Albion. The night witch from Albion, right. So that's what, it's intriguing. Does it sound familiar to us, to anybody, the story? Yeah, I know. Shouldn't this be Albion history? Yeah, should it be? Would I know about this history from living in Albion as an adult teaching these guys? Can I roll history and see if I remember this history? Yeah, why don't you uh, all roll a history check to see if uh, any of this rings a bell. I got a 12. I got a 23. <laughs> I rolled a 1. So uh, six. And I rolled a 14. None of this rings a bell to you guys. Okay. Hmm. Black Dragon? Well, for that, um, you recall that when you guys were prepping for your trip, Sir Istival mentioned that Ulevin was attacked by a black dragon centuries ago. That's right. Okay. We get to Ulevin. Maybe some that someone there will know more about this Gertrude and this Marple Brightshine. Uh huh. And what's a night witch? Well, you've all heard of night witches, or uh, as they're more often called, night hags. Mm. Uh, yeah, when you guys were when you guys were young kids, uh, you were uh, told stories about how night hags would eat naughty children. Oh. <laughs> I never got told that story. That's nasty. Don't tell nice stories. They don't tell kids that crap. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you've uh, also heard uh, that they're not of this world. Uh, night hags were once creatures of the Feywild, but their foulness saw them exiled to Hades long ago. Uh, where they eventually, uh, you know, degenerated into fiends. Uh, and you've also heard that um, night hags come into your room while you're sleeping and intrude upon your dreams, uh, filling your head with doubts and fears and hopes of 
uh, tricking you into performing evil acts in the waking world until one day you finally die in your sleep. And then uh, that's when they steal your soul and then take it to hell. Oh, God. That's not nice at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to investigate the spell, the scroll case. Okay, you check out the scroll case and it's a pretty nice leather tube with arcane symbols on it. Uh-huh. And you, uh, you twist one of the ends to open it up and you hear a pop. Like when you uh, when you open a, a sealed jar of pickles or something, right? Mm-hmm. And you pull out a crisp and perfectly preserved scroll, like it was uh, scribed yesterday. Uh-huh. And you mm. see that it's a scroll of invisibility. Ooh. Wow, that's a good find. Scroll of invisibility. All right, well, I'm going to step into this target practice room, look for another way out, because we're kind of stuck here. I'm gonna head towards this double door. I'll walk in. Yeah, but I wanna go up kind of along the back of this wall. And I'm gonna stop there and I'm gonna look along this wall. Okay, roll perception. An eight, a one. Oh, look at that, a wall. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna investigate the dummies. Okay. Not, not these guys, these guys. Uh, <laughs> the other three dummies? <laughs> <laughs> Roll me an investigation check. Uh, 15. Now you look them over, and it's pretty apparent to you that these uh, scorch marks on these mannequins here uh, are magical in nature. It looks like someone was practicing their firebolt technique. Firebolts. Mm. Yeah. Hi, blind man could tell you that's what was going on in here. But there's nothing... Um, yeah, there's nothing that seems out of place. Nothing else seems out of place. Okay. I'm going to listen at this door and see if I hear anything going on. Or if the door looks hinky, like maybe there's a trap on it. I got a 20. Nice. Okay, so, uh, Colin, you don't hear any sound on the other side of these doors. And now that you're up close, uh, you realize that these are iron doors. And you also see that they're scorched. Uh, it looks to you like there was a fire here. Uh, I got a bad feeling about this room, guys. I got a bad feeling. Well, I'm going to open the door, unless anybody has any objections. Go ahead. I'll stand okay. next to you. Right, right. I'll try to do it stealthily, but I'll open it regardless. And look in. Eleven. All right, Cullen, you, you push open the iron doors and they loudly creak on their rusty hinges and you look in and find a room that has been ravaged by fire right there's scorch marks everywhere the the walls are badly burnt and the floor is just littered with ash and rubble and you can see that most of the rubble is burnt books it looks like you found the library. Oh, I hate you. Jake drops to his knees. <laughs> I hate throws you. Throws his arms in the air. Why? <laughs> there seems to be a fire theme going on here. People yes. on fire. Yep, absolutely. I was just thinking that same exact Maybe thing. someone tried to get rid of the witch with fire, or maybe she got rid of people with fire. Who knows? I want to walk into the library. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to roll investigation or perception. Perception. Mm-hmm. Perception. There we go. 
<laughs> oh, well, one. Three. Yeah, it looks really burnt in here. Yeah. <laughs> Let me look about and see if I find anything like charred bones or signet rings melted or anything of particular interest. Let's do a perception check. 22. Ooh, good roll. So, Colin, you look around this charred mess, and as you take a closer look, you find several somewhat hidden piles of human skeletons. Other than that, everything here is just either melted or burnt to a crisp. But then you notice, uh, draped on a half-melted metal coat stand, an unburnt leather cloak. You want that cloak? I grab that. Clearly, it's fireproof. Yes, clearly. You just, you just grab it without just checking. And as you grab it... <laughs> it turns into a viper. Bite your face. As you grab it, it moves. Whoa. Hey, Joe, why do you just grab stuff? And suddenly emerging from under the cloak is a hideous head with glowing red eyes and rows of razor-sharp teeth in its gaping maw. And then, I thought you were joking. <laughs> Me too. And then suddenly the cloak unfurls, revealing a large creature that can only be described as a mutated stingray. It has wings like a stingray, and a long pendulous tail whips behind it. Like a stingray. And it looks like this. Oh, Whoa. no. Oh, boy. That's not a cloak, boy! <laughs> Give it a big hug. What is that creature? It's a cloaker. It's a cloaker. What's a cloaker? It pretends cloaker. to be a cloak and then attacks you. Well, that sucks. All right, cool. Or not cool. <laughs> and as this hideous creature reveals itself, it quickly snaps at you, Cullen, and its toothy jaws clamp down right over your head. My head? You take seven <laughs> points of piercing damage, and suddenly you can't see and you can't breathe. Oh my Everyone God. roll initiative. Okay. Cullen, roll with disadvantage. Oh. I didn't even know uh, you could roll with initiative at disadvantage. Three. Four. Seven. Uh, 17. Okay. Not bad. Man, that thing's freaky looking. Yeah. Look at this cloak. It's fireproof. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Jake, you're looking into this torch library. <laughs> A single tear rolls down your cheek. <laughs> when you hear Cullen say, oh, a cloak. And when you turn to look, you suddenly see this hideous creature clamp down and chomping on Cullen's head. And you hear Cullen under there, <laughs> what do you do? I'm going to do the first thing that I think of, and I'm going to cast Sacred Flame, I believe. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast Sacred Flame on this thing. He gets out of the Success. He succeeded. He yeah. makes a dexterity save and dodges your Sacred Flame. All right. Um, so then I'm going to try, uh, as a bonus, I'm going to try to cast my spiritual weapon. Okay. Okay. I'm going to cast spiritual weapon at the cloaker. And it hits with a 17. 17 hits. And I taste some knowledge, cloaker. And it does a lazy six points of damage. It actually only takes three points of damage, and you hear Cullen inside the cloaker's mouth go, ow. The other three points went to Cullen. Oh, oh. my god. I kind of had a feeling that might happen. 
That is not cool. Well, that might be its trick. The more you hurt it, the more you hurt me. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Okay, are you going to move at all, Jake? Uh, I am going to move. I'm going to come in here, and I'm going to come over to... No, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be stupid about it. I'm going to be down here in the corner. Okay. Jake makes his way into the library, and now it's the cloaker's turn. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is right. All right. The cloaker continues to chomp on Cullen's head. It digs in deeper with its razor-sharp teeth and does another seven points of damage. Oh, boy. And then it whips its tail out to strike Elric and hits with a 23 and rolls a one, doing four points of Ah. slashing damage. Ah, a scratch. Colin, this cloak has suddenly attached itself to your head. Uh, You can't see and you can't breathe. You're starting to suffocate. What are you gonna do? Is there any way that I can rip its mouth open? Sure, roll a strength check. Oh man, I need this bad. I have a, I have one inspiration point I've been saving for weeks. <laughs> do it, do it. Twenty-two. Yeah. You don't need. Right. Uh, All right, you grab its jaws and you spread them apart, pulling its teeth out of your flesh, and detach this creature from your head. Cool. All right, that was your action. What else are you gonna do? That was my. Can I got no bonus action? I don't know. Do you? Hmm. You can wipe the cloak or spit off your face. Uh, well, I guess I'll just have to stand here and hopefully not get my head chomped again. Doesn't seem to be anything left for me to do unless I want to draw a, what do you call it? A um, picture? Opportunity attack <laughs> off of this guy. So, but did I burn through my second, sur- my accent surge already? You used Let's it to fight the gargoyles. Actions. Yeah, I used it. Uh, but I can use second wind as a bonus action. You have 17 damage um, already. Yeah, I, I I, think I should do it because 17 is quite a lot, actually. I only have 44, so... And I'm going to have to stand here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Oh, man, I got nice. as much as I could possibly get. Yeah, that's awesome. 15 yeah. points back. Wow, all that for nothing. Awesome. <laughs> Oh man, you try to kill me? Yes. He jumps back and does the second one. Whoosh, full hit points. You don't have to be so happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Esmir, uh, you're in the other room examining these target dummies when all of a sudden you hear all this commotion in the other room beyond these iron doors. What are you going to do? I'm going to go uh, to the iron gates, uh, just outside the iron gates, and I'm going to look in. And I'm going to say, what the hell is that? It's ugly. <laughs> and um, does this, do I know anything about cloakers? You can roll a nature check. I think they pretend to be cloaks. And then when you pick them up, they bite your head. Yeah. <laughs> then the next thing to happen is to kill it. I didn't go try to make out with it. Hey, I didn't want to. <laughs> okay, you rolled a nine and you have no idea what this thing is. <laughs> I just know it's ugly. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to tell this thing a funny joke because that's what I do. I'm going to try and hit it with Tasha's hideous laughter. Ooh. Nice. I, I wanted to do it while his head was in its mouth and then it would start laughing and it would <laughs> release oh, Maybe it spit my head out. 
Yeah, that's what so I thought. Kind of like water going right. up your nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think this is the first time you've used this spell. So uh, what does it do? How does it work? So it um, uh, perceives everything as hilariously funny and falls into a fit of laughter if the spell affects it. The target the targets must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or fall prone, becoming incapacitated and unable to stand up for the duration. A creature with an intelligence score of four or less isn't affected. At the end of each of its turns and each time it takes damage, the target can make another wisdom saving throw. The target has advantage on the saving throw if it is triggered by damage. Oh, hmm. okay, cool. So I'm gonna say knock, knock. I'm gonna tell my knock, knock joke and you're gonna crack it up. I'm gonna say knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Stupid thing that looks like a like <laughs> <laughs> a cloak. Stupid thing that looks like a stingray, but it's really a cloak, but not a cloak. And that's funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now it rolls a wisdom saving throw and tries to beat uh, DC 15. Ah, I rolled a 13. Nice. Failed. Fails. So it fails its save, and this uh, strange creature suddenly starts convulsing <laughs> in, you know, what you're guessing is some sort of bizarre laughter. <laughs> if you had knees, you'd be slapping him right now, buddy. But you don't. <laughs> and it suddenly just uh, falls to the ground and starts rolling around the ashes and burnt debris like it's just heard the funniest knock-knock joke ever. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that was funny. I'll be here all night, guys. Tip your weight. So just know that as soon as it takes damage, it gets to roll its, its uh, is it wisdom? With uh, advantage, right? Yep. Okay. The very next person that might, that hits it, might undo everything. And that is Elric. Yep. Elric, one second this... This strange creature is munching on Cullen's head, and now it's suddenly rolling around on the ground. What the hell is going on, and what are you gonna do? Okay, while it's on the ground laughing, I run around behind it to flank it. Ah. Okay. And I'm gonna swing my glaive with advantage. 22 hits. Sweet. Damage. 12. Almost max. Almost the most he can do. Okay, I'm gonna swing the glaive again. 15. 15 hits. Oh, man, that plus six. All right, damage. Oh, max damage, oh, 13 yeah. points. Oh, oh, my God. Max damage, nice. You are tearing this thing apart. I still have the Ooh, bonus spot. Awesome damage rolls. Here we go. Hit with a 19. Oh, man. Hit with a 19. And the damage. Six points of bludgeoning. Oh, almost max again. Nice. So I run past Cullen. I run to the corner, I plant the butt end of my glaive onto the ground, I do a parkour run across the wall, then I take my glaive and slash it once, I slash it twice, then I spin my glaive around and hit him with the butt end. Nice. And that was 31 points of damage you just did. Wow. That is awesome. Just damn. That is some serious damage. And though it's laughing, uh, it didn't like any of that. (laughs) So it's going to roll another wisdom saving throw, this time with advantage. An unnatural 20. Damn it. All right, Jake, you just watched Elric unleash on this strange creature. And it looks like it stopped laughing 
and it's starting to get back up. What are you gonna do? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. Let's see if you can withstand getting a bell dropped upon your head, you big cloaker. I'll cast Toll the Dead. Bing. Oh, oh and he succeeded. Oh, oh, smart. He's smart right. enough to be tricked into laughing. That's stupid. Smart enough to smart avoid thing. the bell. I'm gonna sock him on the face with my book. It's all I can do. It's all I can do. All I can do. do is keep hitting you with this book. <laughs> and I hit with a 20. Oh, 20. 20. Oh, sweet. Zykes. Doing critical. <laughs> critical Agma hit. 1d8 plus 4 force. Oh, 16 oh. points of damage. Oh. He's like. You want to really read something funny? Read this book. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, sorry, Jake. Finally. You don't read. And I'm happy your head wasn't in his mouth because you would have been taking eight points of that damage. Well, it looks like it's going after Cullen again. Of course. I give me a chance to attack. It flaps its stingray wings. Dust and ash swirl up and fill the room as it lunges at Cullen. And it hits with an unnatural 20. Ow. It does another seven points of damage oh. as its teeth dig deep and clamp down on your chest. Yes. Oh, not again. And simultaneously, it whips its tail back at Elric and misses with a 10. Whoa. More ash and dust fill the air as its tail smacks the ground. All right, Cullen. Once again, the cloaker has latched its nasty jaws onto you. What are you going to do? So is it, um, is it not possible to attack it while it's clamped on? Well, it's so big, right, that it's it's clamped onto your whole midsection. Oh, and you shit. can't get your arms in a good position to take, you know, like a real swing at it. So I have to do another save. Yep, Damn. another strength check. All right, so I'll try again. Mm. 10. Oh, you can't get it off. Its teeth are dug in deep. Well, I'm gonna burn this last inspiration point and try again. All right. 18. 18. There you go. 18. You gather your strength up and you rip it off your body. Your blood squirts out as the cloaker uh, angrily flaps its wings to hover right in front of you. And once again, it's the same story. I can't retreat unless I, I give him an opportunity attack. And there's nothing else I can do. I have no actions. That was my action. All right, Esmir. You're still in the doorway, looking in at a room filled with floating ashes as this cloaker tries to make a meal out of Cullen. What are you going to do? Okay, first Esmir's going to yell out really loud, Guys, when this thing dies, we all got to run out of this room because I think it's going to explode or something terrible is going to happen. Hence the charge. Hmm. Okay. If I could run out of the room, I would. I'm going to shoot some magic missiles at first level. I'm going to control click you first. (laughs) Magic missiles and action. Oh, boy. Two points of damage. Two points of damage. And five points of damage. Nice. And one for good luck. Another two points. Points of damage. All right, nine total. And then I'm going to... That's it. That's it? That's it. Okay, now we go to Elric. You just uh, dodge the cloaker tail. You're 
covered in dust and ash. What are you going to do now? I am going to pretty much just continue on doing what I've been doing. Uh, two swipes of a glaive and one swipe of the bonus butt. So, okay, here we go. With advantage. Oh, advantage, I forgot. Good thing you just mentioned that. All right, glaive. 18 hits, nice. 24. That's a good hit. Yeah, damage. Ooh, eight points of damage. All right, glaive again. Let me click advantage. 18, 24 hits. Oh, sweet. Two 24s in a row. Another good hit. Damage. All right. Nice. 12 points of this damage. Puts tough. him in the heavy. This guy's tough. Wow. Glaive bonus action. Nice. Hit with a 23. Sheesh. Bludgeoning damage. Four points of damage. He's in heavy. Elric is just a madman. He's just going nuts with this grave. <laughs> yeah. All you hear is the squish. He's almost enraged because of the whole fire thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am. I'm pissed off because of the fire thing. I feel like someone, and it was an illusion, so that makes me feel like someone had me on. Yeah. So I'm really pissed off. I'm wanting to like, kill something. Yeah. I love it when he gets like that. <laughs> I'm pissed off because he chopped down on my tutelage's head. He was trying to give Cullen a hickey on his entire head. <laughs> All right, so Jake, the yes. cloaker's trying to give Cullen an enormous hickey. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to yell at it. <laughs> you might need more than strong words, cleric. You stinking slime. You, cloaker. Feel this. I cast Guiding Bolt. Oh, it hits. Oh, it hits. Like a hit. 20, but a 15, so I hit. That's all that matters. Thank goodness for that plus seven. And that does 4d6 radiant damage. Whoa. And bam. That's what decent rolls, yeah. 15. Those are all pretty good. Points. Pretty solid, all but one. Yeah. All right, nice hit. It did not like that. <laughs> good. I told you. That's funny, too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you want to do your book now? Oh, I want to do my book. <laughs> Thank you so much for it. <laughs> <laughs> silly, silly old Jake. I forgot my ginkgo biloba, you see. You, sit still while I read you a bedtime story from the Book of Agma. Oh! It's, once upon a time, I nailed you with a 23, you see. <laughs> And doing 1d8 plus 4 force. Bam. Nine more points, and he's in critical. Oh. Sweet. This is one tough cloak. Yep. Yeah. Too bad it's not a fireproof cloak. Could he use that? <laughs> All right, back to the cloaker. It continues to stir up ash and dust as it flaps its wings and once again lunges at Cullen and hits with another dirty 20. Ugh. Sheesh. Doing 13 points of damage, putting Cullen into heavy. Mm. And again, its teeth dig deep and it clamps down on you for another hickey session. <laughs> Never gonna get a chance to take a swing. And at the same time, it once again lashes its tail back at Elric. Misses. And misses with a 13. Cullen, this creature must really like you because once again, it's attached to you. Roll another strength check. <laughs> Okay, let's see here. Ah, oh, man. Ah, oh, five. Oh, oh, boy. Its teeth are dug in deep, and you can't, you know, muster up the strength to pry it off. What? 
alien damnable <laughs> abomination are you? You bloody beast. Esmir, you see Cullen over there struggling with the cloaker that has once again latched onto him. What are you gonna do? All right, so since Le Cloaker has my friend in its teeth, I'm gonna make my I'm gonna make it laugh again. I'm gonna tell a little knock knock joke. Oh, good. Okay. Asmir's uh, nice. gonna cast Tasha's hideous laughter and knock knock. <laughs> Did I roll twice? I failed twice. No. It failed. failed. It failed. We'll eventually remember that when failure happens, oh, it's good. Geez. Yep, so it failed its wisdom save and once again finds your jokes to be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) How many cloakers? Wait, wait, wait. How many cloakers does it take to screw on a light bulb? I don't know. How many? I don't know. They're too stupid. I don't think they even know what light bulbs are. (laughs) Zero, because they like it in the dark. (laughs) That's right. And as it starts laughing, uh, it releases Cullen and it falls to the ground, uh, convulsing its hideous body in what you assume to be uncontrollable laughter at your cloaker joke. (laughs) Right on. All right, guys. I got him giggling. Now you guys kill him. All right. Okay. All right, Elric, you see that the cloaker has uh, released its grip on Cullen and is now prone in front of you, rolling around in the dust and ash. What are you going to (laughs) do? I'm going to keep swinging at it. I have it targeted. So here we go. First glaive. Oh, 24 hits. Nice. Nice. Let me see what the damage is going to be on it then. Nine points of damage. Nice. Nine points. All right. Second glaive attack. Ooh, Ooh, 25. Even better. Yeah. So the damage. Eight points. Mm, respectable. All right. Bonus butt. Bonus action. Oh, oh no. No. <laughs> Natural one. What? I have it. Well, I do have an inspiration point. Yay. <laughs> okay. So let's do this bonus action again. Hit with a 19. Oh, that'll do. Uh, damage. Oh. Seven Ooh. points. Nice. Max damage. As per usual. <laughs> You did a total of 24 damage. Wow. And you know what? You should have rolled with advantage because it was prone. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, well. I totally forgot. That's okay. Let's do this. Um, Take your inspiration point back because if you rolled with advantage, it would have dropped the one. Okay. So just give yourself an inspiration point. Okay, cool. Wow. And now, because of the hits, the cloaker gets to roll its wisdom save again with advantage. Come on. Don't beat it. And it beat it Uh, by one point. It rolled a 16. Mm. Bastard. So it flaps its leathery wings. Again, dust and ash swirl up as it rises back up to fight. Uh, But Jake, uh, you can tell uh, it's not doing so well as it seems to be uh, wobbling a little bit as it tries to maintain its altitude. What are you going to do? He's looking peely wally, guys. Well, um, Let's kill him. Oh, peely So, uh, at little peely wally. He's definitely not laughing anymore. Yeah, it's definitely not laughing anymore. <laughs> so, I am going to see if he can handle a mystical bell dropped on his face. Oh. I am going to cast Toll the Dead on you, Cloakel. And I. F- oh, he, he failed, failed. So, that's good. <laughs> so this is actually 2d12 onto the cloakel. Oh, oh yes. Oh, 
awesome. Goodbye, With 15 Clover. points. All right. <laughs> he had one hit point left. It had one hit point left after Elric unloaded on oh, it. Oh, wow. <laughs> one hit point. <laughs> and as the bell resonates throughout the room, the aberration drops back down, hits the floor, dust and ash fly back up into the air, and it twitches one last time. You have defeated a cloaker. Yay. That's awesome. He's a nice. cloaker. He's a joker. He's a midnight toker. Chewing my friends all the time. Woohoo! an evil beast who they thought was a fireproof cloak. Covered in dust, ash, and cloaker saliva, they sing a song reveling in their victory. What is the connection between Albion and this mysterious house? How come nobody leaves this place when a ghost actually says leave this place? What is a swatcho? And a night vision helmet cam. I don't think they have those in this genre. Eh, is the DM really okay with them getting trapped in a room and dying slowly of hunger and thirst? I wouldn't put it past them. But who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed the second session of the party exploring the mysterious mansion from The Haunt, a uh, fifth edition module by Phil Beckwith of PB Publishing. You can check him out and all the stuff he does on Facebook and on Twitter at PB Publishing One. And I am having a lot of fun uh, DMing this horror-themed one-shot. I've never done this kind of classic horror uh, type of uh, game before, and I'm having a blast, and I think the players are having fun as well. And there are some great connections to the party that I won't go into now, uh, but you'll see why this, wa- why this one-shot uh, was a perfect fit for this adventure, for this campaign. And I'm also tying this uh, one shot into the main campaign with Elric's backstory and his homeland of Albion. So that's going to be a lot of fun playing around with that. I haven't fully figured it out yet, but it's going to be cool. And that tie-in or that story was made even sweeter for me uh, by him wandering off, you know, by himself and encountering those ghosts in the dining room. I mean, I couldn't have planned or scripted anything that good. It worked out so well. And not only did it, you know, help the story that's developing for him, but it was also a great opportunity to role play one on one with a player that has separated from the party, which, you know, happens every so often. Um, And it's so easy now when you're online uh, because you can just hang up with the other players you know, do a little one-on-one with the one player and then call everybody back when you're done. 
And then when the other players, you know, ask what the hell happened, the the player can tell the story about what happened to them when they were separated or when they were on their own. And because, you know, the way I look at it, uh, the players are helping you create this story. So why not let them help you tell it, right? Because uh, it not only, you know, prompts more role playing, but also engages them in the, in the actual storytelling, right? And if you haven't noticed, you know, episode by episode, I'm becoming a big fan of sending whispers uh, to the individual players, and I'm doing it more and more. In fact, now when I'm prepping for a session, I'm looking for moments like that. And, you know, for, you know, when they might be rolling perception or insight or a history check or something, you know, I write down what it is that they might perceive or recall. And then instead of telling them and telling the whole party, I just whisper it. I take that text and I drag it and put it onto their portrait. And then I let them tell uh, what it is that they perceive or recall. It's not only less talking for me, but I think it's more fun for them. Right? And fun is what it's all about. And we're having fun playing Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition by Wizards of the Coast. Check them out at dnd.wizards.com. Right now, we're taking a short break from their Scourge of the Sword Coast module and playing The Haunt by PB Publishing. Check it out at dmsguild.com. And I'm having a lot of fun um, adding all the spooky music and sound effects uh, into this story from sirenscape.com. Check them out for your next spooky tabletop game. And since you're doing all this .com stuff, head over to RollRadio.com, where we have obtained some long-lost and forgotten entries of Jake's journals, right? Entries that tell us of his past before Agma or Albion or the Sword Coast. It's written by Brian, who plays Jake. It's really great. Check it out. All right. Thanks again for listening, everybody, and tune in next time as the players begin to unravel the mysteries of this haunted mansion. <laughs>